Welcome to Automated Mobility, the people behind the wheel. In this podcast series, we get to know the experts working in the field of automated mobility. What drives them and how do they think their work contributes to a better mobility system? I am your host, Henriette Cornet, and I am the coordinator of SHOW, a European project testing automated vehicles in real life. SHOW is led by UITP, the International Association of Public Transport. Together with 70 other partners, we investigate a future where mobility is shared, connected and automated. Today's episode, Maria Gemou from CERT, the Center for Research and Technology, Hellas. Hi, Maria. Hello, Andrade. <laughs> it's so nice to finally have you in this podcast series. Yeah, it was about time. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, let me introduce you to the audience. You are Maria Gemou, principal researcher and head of two labs at CERT uh, HIT. I will tell about CERT in a bit, but the two labs that you are head of uh, are the lab for clean and autonomous vehicles. And the other one is the lab of industrial design, intelligent materials, and manufacturing in transport. It sounds like a lot. It's a bit long. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and CERT is the Center for Research and Technology, Hellas. Mm-hmm. And HIT is the Hellenic Institute of Transport. Right. Yeah, so I, I will come back to that. I want to have a bit of details about CERT, about the, um, <clears throat> the HIT Institute, and uh, of course about your labs and, and everything. But uh, yeah, before, um, before uh, coming into the topic also, everyone needs to know your role in show because you have a very, very central role in the project because you are leading the activities within the technical manager team. So mm-hmm. uh, the third is technical manager, um, technical and innovation manager, to yes. be more specific, and you are coordinating everything. And if I may say so, for me, you are literally... literally the brain of the project. <laughs> If anyone wants to know something about the content, about the technical detail of the project, they need to go to you. You kind of know everything. Well, thank you very much <laughs> in first place. Uh, yes, well, this is somehow natural because uh, it is kind of inherent to this role of uh, technical management and innovation management. So if you want to do it right, somehow you need to know every detail of the project and activity and uh, you need to go in depth I guess and also get to know more the partners themselves Mm -hmm. and feel them and feel the work they are doing and the personality of the work Mm -hmm. especially in such big projects that you cannot really control every detail you you would like to control more right? I would like to control more (laughs) this is true (laughs) but it is really impossible I mean to fully control such a big project So you have to um, you have to get along a bit. Mm-hmm. You have to find uh, you know the, a compromise between what you want and uh, what other partners would like to do, can't do, are willing to do. Uh, so it's uh, you know it's something in between. Yeah, I think. also because the partners come from very different backgrounds. We have industry, academia. We have a bit of everything, and I guess you have this understanding of the different motivation this from the partners to, to be in the this project. This is true. It happens also uh, often because it is uh, it is rather the usual case in projects, in research and technical projects that you do have uh, representatives from all worlds. Let's say. Um, but yes, the culture is different in its uh, different world and community. And it is also something that uh, has to do with experience in this. You know, how to, it is a different code, it's a different language, mm-hmm. a different expectation as well. Yeah, I can, I, I can see that also from a, from a coordinator perspective, that it's a, it may be a challenge, but it makes it also interesting for the of project. Of course, and yeah. essential. Yeah. Um, but Before digging into uh, third and, and show into more detail, we will come back to this. I would like the audience to get to know you better and to know a bit about yourself, about your background. So uh, you are um, uh, trained as a mechanical and aeronautical engineer. <laughs> Quite yes, impressive. Right. Um, you have also uh, a PhD. We would like mm-hmm. to know more about it. So I, 
I kind of see you as someone really tech savvy. You really love uh, in, like engineering things and everything. So can you can you tell us more about a bit how like yeah you know, your study your PhD yeah, and sure. how, how you came to this position? Well, yes, it is true that it was my choice. I mean, engineering did not uh, come up like that. <laughs> uh, it was my choice. Um, uh, my background uh, was uh, mechanical engineering. <clears throat> was totally my choice. Then I started uh, working at uh, CERTH, at HIT. And uh, the PhD came uh, as a need more. I mean, it came after I started working at uh, HIT. Oh, okay. And it had to do very much with what I was doing at that uh, time. Uh, so my PhD is on uh, driver monitor modeling in simulation. So um, uh, it was a domain that I also dealt a lot with at some point of my life along those 20 years. <laughs> so not still not with auton autonomous automated no, vehicles? No, 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 no. Traffic no. management? And not really traffic management. It was more traffic safety mm -hmm. and driver modeling for traffic safety because um, at that time simulation, uh, still, it still plays, uh, it is still an, a critical part of uh, methodologies. Uh, but simulation, in, uh, driver simulation, I mean, um, is an important tool in studying traffic safety and in general driver behavior, I would say. Mm -hmm. um, so this uh, traffic safety and driver behavior is a, are two of the key cornerstones of our sector, of my sector in uh, HEAT, the sector I belong at HEAT. So it was very relevant to what I was doing and it would leverage my work. So it, um, it emerged as a need to know more about it, to go more in depth. And it indeed helped uh, because it, it then helped a lot and it is very much relevant finally to driver assistance systems that then became ATS, that then became CATS and then turned progressively to automated systems and cooperative systems. So, yeah, there is a continuity in this that perhaps is not evident, but uh, it actually follows the progress, the technological progress in the domain. Mm -hmm. And um, so, about being an, like, I'm, I'm an engineer myself, and I was wondering how is it in, in Greece? Is it popular for, for women to, to have a technical well, the background? the truth is, um, yes, the truth is that... Um, It's not that rare anymore. I mean, perhaps um, <clears throat> people think it's not uh, that often that, uh, especially in Greece, women, you can find very often women engineers. But no, the truth is that right now, I think uh, I, I had a look at some statistics at universities. I think that women are even more uh, in engineering schools. More than men. Yeah, yeah, more oh, than men. Yeah, interesting. Mm -hmm. In some schools, yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, mechanical engineering is not one of them still. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, no, I think uh, there is a balance now. And the truth is that, um, at least at CERT for sure, at HIT for sure, but in other um, domains of work, let's say, women are quite well accepted in engineering positions the last, uh, at least the last 15 years, I would mm -hmm. say. Good to hear. Yes, <laughs> it is good to hear. I think it is even better than... Uh, you know, in comparison with some Central European countries. Yes, I, I think so, really. I, I had also this impression with the, uh, yeah, different positions that I may have, that uh, Greece is, like, quite advanced with this, with this uh, gender balance. In, yes, uh, yeah. it is. And I have <laughs> Heat, to for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true, true. And um, I noticed that. And also for the audience to know, like, uh, I'm, I, I'm quite impressed and really happy about the gender balance in show, by the way. We have a lot of leading, like women in leading position in, in the show project. I think we, we can be This proud is, of it. I mean, yes, yes. I think, uh, and it should be more promoted, I think. Yeah, we should. As yeah. a, a best practice. Yeah, definitely. In gender issues. Mm -hmm, definitely. <laughs> um, you mentioned a, a lot uh, through your curricula, the, the CERT Institute. Can you tell us more about it? So CERT, it is a big research center. Um, technological and innovation center in uh, Greece. 
Um, it consists, it includes several institutes. Uh, each of them is dealing in principle with some specific domains of activity. Uh, some of them are dealing more with basic research as well, but it's mostly applied research. All of them are dealing with. Um, so the Hellenic Institute of Transport, obviously, uh, the focal area is um, transport, uh, whatever has to do with transport, but really whatever has to do with... Uh, for example, in HEAT, we have four sectors right now. So we have uh, somehow um, separated uh, the driver and vehicle perspective, then the vehicle and the road perspective, which is more on uh, the infrastructure point of view. Um, we have also a specific sector on maritime and um, aeronautics. Um, and we very recently uh, created a new sector. Angelos actually created a new sector. So Angelos Bekiaris? Angelos Bekiaris is the, the director of yeah, HIT. Okay. He's actually the technical manager of SOW. And um, I'm, let's say, an assistant, an everyday assistant on this. I'm, uh, yeah, okay, I'm co-leading, let's say, so with Angelos. Um, so Angelos had this very nice idea indeed that uh, being in Greece, we need to add a sector on tourism, a cross-cutting sector on tourism, okay, from the research perspective, of course, and it really went well. I mean, uh, we see some potential there, so this is the most recent sector. So tourism and transportation connected, so really the both connected. Can you give us an sure. example Yes. what it means in terms of research? Yes, for example, uh, one of the um, uh, emerging needs in tourism uh, from the research perspective, research and innovation perspective, is the penetration of electrification in Greek islands. And uh, in general, uh, the application of mature services regarding this. No, I mean, it's not just uh, that um, the penetration of electric vehicles themselves. It's uh, more about providing a complete service to the customer, to the tourists in specific. Greek islands in general... Um, are very are a very good case study for this because they are very small. It is easy to control and to make this happen uh, relatively quickly and easily. So um, in roads, for example, which is a department, we have a department uh, uh, from HEAT, um, we already have two, three projects dealing with that. We have uh, pilots with uh, electrified vehicles that are promoted in the context of a service. However, you know, sharing services, etc. We work on the infrastructure, on the charging infrastructure, also on the communication infrastructure, if it is more advanced, you know, it's more than electrification. Um, and this goes well, I think. I think it has some potential. I think that everybody knows that tourism is uh, perhaps a number one market for Greece. So it is very relevant to, you know, to give the research flavor and uh, promote it also from that For side. And everything towards more uh, like sustainable mobility. Exactly. Always in the context of uh, sustainable mm -hmm. mobility. And uh, the authorities are also very much interested and supportive. Mm -hmm. And um, regarding, so I mentioned two labs at the beginning that you are heading. Can you tell us more about these two labs and how they differentiate themselves? Yes, of course. Uh, so I think uh, the first lab, the clean and automated vehicles, is very self-evident, is very much relevant to what we are doing in so. Um, at HEAT, we have combined electrification with automation, and I think it is rather reasonable. Um, so in this lab, um, all projects, all initiatives, all research efforts in general that are related to electrification in any aspect and automation um, exist. And uh, then uh, the other lab is more related to my initial background, to mechanical engineering. Uh, the one on industrial design. Uh, yeah, Manif and manufacturing mm -hmm, mm -hmm. more. So we have, I have recently um, initiated a new lab, research lab. Mm -hmm. You mean a third one? No, 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 it is in the context of <laughs> okay, this one, okay. but it is the research infrastructure, I would say, that it is a fab lab. So fab lab is like um, 
a mini manufacturing lab. So a mini uh, a lab where uh, we, you have a mini production line, okay. let's say. Of, of so we have 3D printers, 3D scanners, we have CNC, we have, uh, you know, several typical and not so typical um, machines. <laughs> Uh, and we use them for projects, so we manufacture small elements uh, or electronics as well. Um, and there is great potential in that. In general, fabrication labs, fab labs, is a trend in manufacturing world, in research manufacturing world right now. Again, what? So you said, for example, electronics. Can you be more specific? Yeah, yeah. electronic what? circuits. Even for so, we are going to build for the, some of the custom solutions we are going to develop and test. We are going to use, you know, to to manufacture some of the elements there. Uh, what precisely? Sorry, I just I just want make sure that everyone gets uh, which part exactly and what for. Yeah, for, for example, in so we are going uh, heat is going among other to develop uh, custom solutions for vulnerable road users. So we need to, uh, and we want to develop uh, custom tags that they are going to carry so that they communicate with the automated vehicle or even through the infrastructure with the automated vehicle. So all this device and the electronics uh, of it, uh, or even the electronics of the vehicle, because we are also doing custom solutions for our vehicles, are being built therein. So we do it in-house, I mean. Uh, yeah. Another, um, there are several extensions of this lab. So, for example, related to transport uh, is, uh, for example, you can make up prototype elements of a vehicle and you can test the ergonomics, you, you can test functionality, you know, in 3-printed in material before you go to production before you advise for production. Yeah, okay, okay, I see. And what you just mentioned before uh, with these uh, tags that uh, vulnerable road user yeah, yeah. Uh, can, can, can carry and communication with uh, automated vehicles and other infrastructure, I think it's important for everyone to notice that really the idea about like safety, saying that, that the vehicle can detect If a pedestrian is approaching, for example, a crossing section, that could be one of the applications. I just want that everybody yes, yes, gets. Yes, uh, of what, course. What Detection is something that anybody is, in a sense, every, anyways, is an essential requirement. But it is more the detection because we want the vehicles ideally to acknowledge their presence to the pedestrians in one way or another. So that uh, pedestrians, not only pedestrians, but cyclists and um, uh, micromobility users as well, uh, are going to be aware that something is coming because, for the audience to, to be more specific, automated vehicles in principle are electric vehicles, which are in principle noiseless. Which is uh, as such good, I would say. I mean, <laughs> which is good in general, but the, uh, the learning curves, uh, you know, uh, will take some time. I mean, for for all of us to get acquainted with this new uh, way of mobility, the fact in specific that vehicles will not make noise for us to perceive, uh, it will take some time. So it is basically, basically for this transition phase that we need to be sure that the road users, the rest road users around the vehicles will know that vehicles will be there that are approaching them, Um, and this is all. Yeah, and it could be yeah. like a, a vibration, eh? yes, for example. Yes, it could like be the interface, uh, the final interface. Or something. Could yeah. be in general several things. The sound is not very uh, appropriate in those cases in real traffic environments because of the noise of the environment. It is usually haptic and uh, visual, perhaps, but basically haptic. Again, visual is not the best for uh, road safety issues. Um, or combinational. Yeah, okay. No, thanks. Thanks yeah. for giving this example. <laughs> I think I think it's good to have some concrete example yes. of the development that we are that we are doing yes. in the in the project. And yeah, I think we it's time now to move to to show <laughs> hosting uh, this uh, podcast. And if I remember um, correctly, like uh, together with Guido that we that I have interviewed in uh, episode number nine. You were at the very beginning of the of the yeah, project. Yeah, you we were, were in the uh, proposal phase. In reality, the proposal writers of so, together with uh, Guido, um, 
Yeah, I, I'm kind of <laughs> suspecting that you were writing it yes, for the yes. most part. <laughs> yes, together with Angelus, of course. Uh, together with Angelus and Guido, uh, we were the proposal writers. I mean, I because it is always, you know, mostly two people that are writing a proposal by default. Of course, consolidating and communicating with all these big consortiums. Yeah, everyone provides some of part course, of it and everything. Uh, but um, inevitably the concept, the key lines, the directions, um, the outcomes have to be streamlined by specific persons for uh, logistics reasons mostly. Um, so yes, we were there from the very beginning. We did it together with Guido, the, the full recruitment and uh, selection of... Um, the test sites that we thought back then that could make the difference and ecosystems, I would say. Also the supporting partners in other cross-cutting aspects of the project. Uh, and yes, yeah, so yes, I was there from the very beginning. And actually, I think that this makes it easier for me to follow now so much in depth because I know exactly what is meant behind each word and what is expected. Yeah, it's very, uh, for, for all of us, it's very helpful in the project to have this continuity yes. and not so Indeed. much, uh, so much a turnover and so on. And maybe a reminder as well for, for everybody is like the way it works uh, with European funded project is that the commission is releasing from time to time calls with topics that the commission would like to see. Usually they have outcomes that they want, that they want to have and after consortiums are built, so meaning partners together joint effort to answer the call with a specific proposal and it always needs this innovation aspect, it needs to be very special and everything and I guess show was extremely ambitious uh, back then and uh, wanted really to make, uh, to make a big difference. Do you remember your ex personal expectations with this project? So I, th I remember that um, I was in the middle of uh, wasting this to get funded and not get funded <laughs> because, uh, yeah, it, it did not start to be that big from the beginning. But when we started this effort and um, everybody knew about it progressively and wanted to be part of it, so um, usually... What happens in uh, such cases when you are preparing bids for calls is that more or less you are looking for partners. I mean, you are asking for partners to join you. It needs some effort. In this case, we had exactly the opposite problem because everybody wants to be part. Guido, I think, I'm sure he remembers. Everybody wants to be part of this project. And we had to make a, sele to make a selection at the end. And... Um, it actually turned out bigger than initially expected. So um, I remember my feeling that I was sure that it will succeed. I mean, it was very ambitious. Um, it is very ambitious. Yeah, still, yeah. yeah. Uh, and, uh, but I was also a bit intimidated that because I knew that I would manage this together with Angelos if it gets funded. And I was already from that time intimidated. Oh, oh my God, what is going to happen? <laughs> How are we going to do this? <laughs> Can you imagine? And um, yeah, you, you mentioned, so Angelos, the director of HIT, Angelos, uh, Dr. Angelos Becchiaris, he's officially, like, he's a technical manager of the project, but you are really like dealing with the day-to-day -day activities. So you are like at the, at, the, at the core of it. And always, so also for everyone to be clear, it's always about complying to what we have promised to the commission. So checking that the partners do not deviate too much from the original plans and checking from time to time uh, that, uh, yeah, that we are sure that... Um, yes, that and everything perhaps, well, if I may add, it's uh, technical and innovation management and this is why innovation is there in the title. It's a bit going a bit beyond this. I mean, it's a bit go going beyond the commitment mm -hmm. uh, per se. So yes, you have to be compliant. You have to deliver. To track the progress. And, and you have to deliver what you have promised, for sure. It is still a contract, I mean, at the end of the day. But uh, 
it needs to be something more than that. You need to make the difference mm-hmm. uh, if you want to do it right. I mean, and, and if you want to um, to make make it worth it, you know. Yeah. Yeah. All the effort. Yeah, all, all the, the effort, effort uh, to really have an impact. Mm-hmm. And how would you, it's a question I, I like to ask uh, from time to time, how would you describe actually your everyday life in show, like uh, in, uh, specifically in the show project? And the way I like to ask is like, How do you describe your job to your family? To your, you have a eight years old, uh, eight year old daughter. I think. What do you tell her about what you are doing every day? Um, yes. Also considering that people may not be familiar with European projects. And, uh, yes. Well, people are not familiar with European projects. The most they can be familiar with is research in general. That, okay. So you start saying that. Okay, I'm a researcher. Then the very next question, at least in Greece, is what are you researching exactly? <laughs> are you finding? And I had this question, like, are you finding something? So what are you researching? <laughs> Why? Something like that. <laughs> well, yes. Um, so in general, I'm trying to be simple. I mean, there is no reason, you know, to show off to people that are not uh, in uh, this domain. So I am trying to explain that research is about exploring all the time, about alternatives, about better ways um, or better technological and research paths that, but that finally have an impact on everyday life because this is what it is about eh? at the end of the day. This is what we are doing. Uh, and the same words I use for my daughter that actually she understood more. <laughs> Because it's a new generation, it is very much easier for them to adjust, you know, to get new ideas and very much more open. We have seen that in show as well. Eh? Um, but, uh, you know, I like to be a bit more romantic with kids. So I told her that um, I make uh, vehicles that um, drive themselves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, because it is what we Which are we're doing, doing yeah. in reality, and she found it magical. Eh? Yeah. <laughs> She's very proud. Have she tried one then. already? No, she has not tried. I have not uh, managed to take her even to our research labs at HIT. I think I will manage this year. I think she will love it. I was also thinking to make something at uh, her school, like a speech. Yeah, like, uh, yeah. could be great, yeah. To yeah, have yeah. Do something, uh, yeah, you know, with introduce children, like, yeah, 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 with uh, children. Having their, their view on this, on this new mobility system, I'm actually quite sure they will find it very quickly, very normal. Yeah, very normal, I'm sure. I mean, it will be totally okay. But the everyday life itself, well, it's not that romantic. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so you have to remind yourself that, okay, I'm doing this for a reason. You have to remind yourself the bigger picture and the the upper goal, indeed. I think this is the case for you as well and for everybody that is heavily involved. Uh, well, yeah, it is challenging, of course, because showing in general all research projects of this length and um, weight are not easy. A lot of problems and unexpected situations come up every day. So I would describe my job by, I don't know, that is more problem solving, <laughs> mostly by 70% and then doing, uh, you know, some business as usual uh, research work and administrative, of course, work. Managerial work, I mean, not administrative per se, but managerial for sure. Yeah, and uh, I think we also need to address the fact that you, you are tough technical manager. <laughs> You're, I mean, the, the project no, partners that are... <laughs> people are hearing. <laughs> the project well, partners that are listening to us. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, yes, I think that Angelos uh, selected me for this project because of that, to be honest. Uh, well, tough. <laughs> uh, yes, okay, perhaps. But I don't find another way for no, this. What I really like is like you are extremely focused on the results. So it's really about the quality of the project, on the results. And yeah, you, you use... 
What's necessary yes, for it? Yes, I mean, because I feel that in general it is, uh, I mean, it is a waste of resources for everybody, not only for for the European Commission. It is public money, it is our money, it yeah, is our resources, money, yeah. our yeah, effort, yeah, yeah. but it's also our effort, our life. So if we are going to dedicate it and dedicate hours of our life on this, I mean, okay, let's make it worth it. And uh, yes, the truth is that I would, I always want to go a step beyond. I mean, what we have promised to make the difference, uh, but also really those projects cannot be managed in another way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, if I you lose this, um, you know, this control uh, layer, it is very easy that it falls apart and very quick, actually. Uh, but I like to believe that I'm also fair and uh, transparent. And I, I believe I am because, you know, European community is very small in reality, especially in specific domains, the transport research community or research and innovation community, if I should include the industrial partners and SMEs, it is still very small. So we all know each other. After 20 years, I know pretty much everybody. Everybody knows me. Everybody will know me after this project. So it is really about being consistent in what you are doing. So people knew that I would be tough. And it is uh, optimistic that they also choose to be with me in other projects, even after so. <laughs> it is a hope. Yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> that's something. Uh, yeah. for sure. I mean, we are goes well. <laughs> all very, very grateful, grateful for that. For really you yeah, leading so. all the content <laughs> issues. That's that's something. Like uh, yeah, show will not be there where it is now uh, without this kind of uh, of uh, discipline. And, uh, Thank you. <laughs> So um, about about show again, um, is there a topic in the project that you like specifically? Something, if possible, like personal, maybe not too political, mm -hmm. but like something no, really yeah, yeah. personal that uh, is promising for you or exciting that <laughs> even if it's something small, like something not the most uh, visible yes. from the outside, but kind of a, a, a nice topic for you. Yes. Well, um I think that uh, the most interesting to me are some technical, um, some technical aspects that are not that evident to the audience, or at least, uh, okay, they get the result, uh, but it might not be evident to the general public, for example, how much effort is being done for this. For example, what I described before for the applications we are developing for the VR use for the pedestrians, is something that, you know, it takes a second to to experience. Yeah, yeah. But it is so much effort behind and I know all the difficulty. And this is not only related to our applications, it's related to what uh, the UAMs are doing and the research centers that are working on the automated vehicles themselves. There are some aspects, some details, some advances, technological advances that I know that it might mean nothing to general public or may not even perceive it at all. Visible, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. But I know that this detail may, I don't know, may have taken uh, two years to develop and uh, make it work. So this is always very interesting to me. So for example, can you tell us something specific? Yes, yes. I mean, a, a, a minimum software upgrade from, on automated vehicles, on the ADS of automated vehicles that, um, I don't know, may improve for you just a bit the perception, for example, the detection capability, the object classification. It is really big thing. It is a really big thing to me. I mean, and I believe to a whole community of people. And this always intrigues me, uh, the background. This is what I mean. I mean, the back end of things um, and how challenging they are um, without necessarily being visible. The challenge, I mean, itself. It is always what intrigues me and uh, keeps my interest. I guess it also relates to my background. The other, of course, part, I think that is interesting to all of us being involved in this project, is the real life aspect. 
I mean, it is, it is also important for the audience to understand that show is not something that will be tested in confined areas. In, in a lab or in a lab or, you know, yeah. with you and me in one or two days. Show is about real life traffic. It is uh, like a step before it automation moves into our everyday mobility. Mm-hmm. So this If you think, if you take a time, a moment and think about it, is a big thing that we are moving in roads with real traffic, with real people, which has its very uh, its advantages. It has its disadvantages. I mean that accidents may happen, eh? incidents may happen. Um, But this, at the end of the day, makes it really interesting that we are doing something, <laughs> we used to say we, uh, something uh, internally at HIT, that what is this project doing when we have a new project? And say, will it make something that will play at the mm-hmm. end? <laughs> so this is something that it will play, eh? yeah. and it, it is playing. Yeah. Something really tangible, you mean, like something we something can experience. Really something really tangible yeah. and something uh, that um, uh, you see it happening, you experience it. It is mobility, eh? mobility mm-hmm. is like something very tangible. And I find this very interesting, yes, the real life aspect that we are doing this now in this project, not for later, that in this project we are putting passengers on board, And we every day encounter with um, possible dangers of an accident, of an incident, or of not an accident, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. of the I, contrary. Yeah, something I would really like to see in shows that, that, that would be quite, for, for my perspective, kind of a success is since our de- some of our demonstration will run for several months and uh, in uh, our different demonstration sites, Would it be possible, you know, that people would just use it for their, really for their daily life, not for the experience of being in an automated vehicle, but really because they would need it. That would be like great, you know, like... Ah, this, during show, you mean? Yeah, during, during show, show that they, that's wow. Not only the, the fun well, part and the entertainment part. This would part, be, yeah, would be great. Part. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that would be very yeah, nice. I think, uh, yeah. this but I mean, if it runs really every day and they see it every day, every day, at some point they would say, oh, actually I will take it because it, I will save wow. so much minutes. This or, is great, oh, yeah. So, That would be cool. For sure, this would be the success. That would, that would be nice if we, if we could reach that. So I think now it's a good time for me to ask you something more broadly about automated mobility. Um, so you mentioned it a lot already, but uh, is, there, so is it something you really see in the mobility of the future? Like when you are thinking of the ideal city, maybe in Greece, maybe somewhere else, Do you see automated vehicles around and how are they um, embedded in the entire mobility system? So how do you see it? Like full automation everywhere? Or yes. like what's, what's your vision? Like ideal um, vision first. <laughs> well, yes. My vision is not that technologically oriented as it should be perhaps. Um, I think that uh, automated mobility uh, should be um, seen as uh, an element among other elements that all together will uh, constitute sustainable mobility of the future. So it, it should not be seen as a standalone technological uh, trend um, because uh, it's not the scope. It, it is not going to solve anything alone. Uh, I'm a bit afraid that automation will uh, take some time to be in our lives in a systemical way, I mean. Um, it will certainly start from public transport, but in a much more careful way than even what we are doing and so is very much futuristic. I think it will, and it has to start, but it will also start more carefully on fixed lines, on dedicated lanes, uh, low speeds. And maybe in neighborhood a bit outside the city centers? Uh, outside like the a... city. There is a, a whole discussion about the business model. I think that finally the DRT business model will be DRT the dominating, the demand response yeah. transport, meaning uh, services that are not Uh, right now being delivered by traditional public transport, I mean, they will come to fill in the gap. 
in reality. That's all. They are not here yet to replace. So they will come first to to fill in the gap in service, I mean, at service level. Uh, I think this will happen, but to be honest, um, I don't feel that we are fully ready technologically. Mm -hmm. This is the truth. Uh, I think we have to, we can learn a lot from what is happening in US on technological ground. I mean, not necessarily on uh, business model yes, ground. it's different there. Because it's yeah. different. We cannot really replicate the business model. Uh, but on technology, yes, we have to learn. We have to exchange. We have to give as well. Um, and uh, the other thing I'm a bit skeptical about is that... Uh, a lot of things are happening. I mean, uh, the world is very dynamic. We have uh, already experienced COVID for two, three years. We are about to experience a big crisis right now, energy crisis uh, or energy plus financial crisis, <laughs> you know, uh, again. And a lot of unexpected things or almost unexpected will come and may pose the path, I mean, may pose the evolution path and may also change the priority because it is also, at the end of the day, automation needs money. Eh? I mean, at this stage, at the first stages of deployment, needs big investments. Yeah, I think that's the entire difference with US, by the way. That's yes. all about money. But at the in end. Europe, yeah. uh, there are no such big investments and because it will be authority-based and promoted, it will be promoted by public operators, big public operators, transport operators and big public authorities and cities, it's not their priority right now. I don't know if it will be in the next five years, I hope. But in any case, the bigger picture is that we want cities that will be livable, that are inclusive, that are better for us to live, for all of us to live, that's all. So automation is not the only thing. Automation should be only an element of this should be more walking, more cycling, more uh, a cleaner environment. Yes, the truth is that we don't want vehicles anymore. We don't want more vehicles. So, there's kind vehicle, of an agreement on that. Huh? I can, yeah, I can yeah. Any vehicle like that a, will yeah. come, we have to find a way to share yeah. the vehicle. To utilize it as much as to possible. Utilize, to yeah, exploit yeah, 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 it yeah, yeah. as much as possible to make it beneficial for energy as well as a node, for data as a node, to make it an active element of mobility. And everything that is, all elements have to be active and cooperating elements. This is the vision. And all of us be able to live better. That's all. With automation or not so much. Whenever we need it. Yeah. That's my point. Mm -hmm. I really like this view, the way, the way you mentioned this element part of all, like if it is like about, as you say, sharing data, but also, for example, utilizing the battery of the electric vehicles to exactly. come, it will be all kind of embedded together. Yeah. As to a, give back to the grid. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. So I can, I can, I, I see that I have a yes, picture. Yes, this is happening. Of, um, I mean, uh, this is in the research minds and the priorities, all what I'm saying, but uh, it will take time eh? and several transition phases until uh, it gets a reality, but it can be a reality. Yeah. Th that is my point. So you mentioned like, uh, from, from a research perspective, what are the next steps for what is what is needed from a, from for example which fund do you need for which type of research in the field of, of mobility still for the I would say three four five years to come yes I think that uh, what is really needed uh, in the next five to perhaps even ten years uh, is to make a pause to to see what we have done what we have achieved to make um, to make a recap but also a consolidation of what has been done because what is happening very often in European community is that a lot of efforts are ongoing that are complementing each other but uh, you do not necessarily know exactly and uh, 
you are maybe there already, but you don't know it. This is the point. So I think that we need to consolidate, but really to consolidate and concertate, see where we are uh, in pragmatic terms, and uh, before moving to the next uh, uh, technological phase, I would say, because it has to be eh? necessarily, I mean, for some fields like automation or like even connectivity or there have to be some advances uh, before we get there. But even before that, we need more time to test and validate. Mm -hmm. And uh, it cannot be just five years. I mean, uh, this uh, what we are doing in SO, for example, has to be replicated again and again with more specific uh, cases, more difficult cases, more, uh, you know, challenging conditions. Uh, perhaps cases that we are avoiding right now, but are still part of our reality. A snowfall is part of our reality. So if we want automated vehicles, for example, eh, to be in our lives, we have to be sure that they can work in every condition. This is not the case. I mean, right now we don't have the full spectrum of technology potential or we are avoiding to see it. So we need to make, uh, we need to do this. I mean, more funds need to be given. I, I think this is the trend anyway, however, in the European Commission, and they are giving more and more funds on this, on large scale demonstrations, on validation. They are doing this. I mean, I think it is in the correct path. Um, scaling up actually. Scaling also up and validating, yeah, validating. Yeah. All layers of validation, technological validation, user acceptance, you know, field validation. Uh, I think it is very, very much crucial. And yeah, and a bit more funds perhaps I would give um, to exchange with the uh, international community. Mm -hmm. Learn from outside Europe. Learn from outside, yeah, yeah. give also. Yep. Somehow, I mean, you know, keeping the boundaries <laughs> because there is a competitiveness, of course, issue as well. But uh, I think for this, for those domains, because this is going to be part of our lives, there needs to be an exchange uh, on, mandatorily. I mean, because transport is by default a global issue does not have boundaries. I mean, it is not that you can do something advanced in transporting. At some point, the same paradigm will be dominating on globe. Like we have, all of us, we have trains, all of us, we have metros, all of us, we communicate with uh, airplanes. So it will be a global reality. So we need to exchange. To exchange more, and I can mention that it's really something we 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 are doing well in the project. I would say. I mean, I'm very happy yeah, about our international too. collaboration. I can mention Japan is one uh, working very well. They have different issue. I mean, that's something that is also makes their entire collaboration interesting. It's that each country has its own challenges. Yes. And uh, Japan, they have this very narrow streets. For example, I'm really wondering yes, how yes. the AVs will behave there. Uh, in US, the collaborations that we are starting, they are so much into cars in general. I mean, their, their public transit is very different than the one we have in, in Europe. Yeah. A lot of rural areas, things like that. So I think we can also exchange a lot with them. For sure. And, and they have different technological paths as well. But at the end of the day, the goal is the same, of course. Eh? Mm -hmm. So perhaps there could be better convergences. Yeah. Let's uh, let's try to do it in show, and I'm <laughs> sure we will have also next project where we will have the occasion to yes. yeah to collaborate more between projects in Europe. I fully agree with that, and I think it's important that we all talk to each other. And I like this idea of make, making a, a pause and see okay where where's the what what's the status now, but also uh, more um, outside outside the fingers or outside the box and outside Europe. Is there anything you want to add to conclude this episode? So maybe something you want to advertise, something to, uh, you want to, the audience to be aware of, anything you can think about? Um, no, I think that... Um, I think I would like to close with a wish uh, and a hope. I think that uh, what I miss uh, in my job, um, in, my, in the more narrow 
terms, you know, my everyday job, my every uh, everyday routine in Greece, but also in the broader terms, what we are doing here, is that I would like um, to research to be more popular uh, among people. I mean, uh, I would like uh, all of us to find ways that uh, the results of research are more visible in the, the general public. Mm -hmm. It happens a lot. I don't know if it is the case in other countries, at least in an equivalent way, but at least in Greece, I think that the general public totally ignores what is happening in Greece. And we are doing a lot of things, actually. I mean, there are a lot of research advancements in Greece. I think that after tourism, research is the biggest industry in Greece. So, but also on European level, eh? uh, I think let's try to communicate or I hope <laughs> somehow our what we are doing is better communicated to people because this will give them hope for the future uh, in all domains. Yeah, yeah, I love, I love <laughs> that. I think that's, that's a good way to end. And that's what this podcast series is about, by the way. I really hope that people that are listening to us are not only experts, are not only show no. members. And I, I really hope there are some, some people listening to us like, really are completely from different fields and getting a bit more familiar with the, with the research. I, I love this idea and it's very nice to conclude this episode with uh, the, the topic of hope, hope for a better future, hope for a better mobility system, hope for a better quality of life at the end and uh, uh, maybe also a, a bit of fun will be nice. Yeah, because, fun, yeah, fun, yeah. because it's very cool, <laughs> also very fun and exciting, yes, yes, this sure. type of mobility. So. Thank you, Maria. That was very Thank nice you, to Andrea. talk to you. And <laughs> finally. We, yeah, finally. And we, we keep in touch anyway. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Andrea. Thank bye you bye. very much. Bye-bye. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Automated Mobility, the people behind the wheel. This podcast would not have been possible without the support from the Horizon 2020 program by the European Commission under the grant agreement number 875530. Check out the links for the show project and other references in the description of the episode and subscribe to our newsletter to stay tuned. Don't hesitate to share this episode or give us feedback to it. My name is Henriette Cornet from UITP and I hope to see you at our next episode. <laughs>